Hello and welcome back to the Inverted Castle, a Metroidvania enthusiast podcast. I just got back from Party City with a plastic tiara and matching dress, making me princess of the podcast, Eric Fox. <laughs> and joining me as always is a man who refuses to remove his Burger King birthday crown, no matter the circumstance, his royal majesty Tom Blight. You'll never take it from my brow. Exactly. We need to retain our sense of decorum, uh, which is why we've come here in our quasi-royal raiment, our mm. pseudo-regalia, if you will. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I know, it's almost like I planned this. A game that was released in July of 2023. Uh, it started life as a game jam entry in the Metroidvania Month 19 game jam on itch.io before getting fleshed out a little bit for a full Steam release. Uh, Developed by Ritzler, it features a deep three-dimensional movement system and platforming, a labyrinthine level layout, as well as a commitment to the aesthetics of the N64-ish era of console games. Yep, but you know what wasn't fleshed out? What the story, because there basically isn't any. Uh, no, uh, like there's some vague setup in the store description, as well as some npc dialogue and a few bits of dialogue at the very end uh, if you want to kind of explain what that is i yeah so i mean the game very cryptically starts with your character emerging out of a mirror and just being like well that worked ostensibly your name is sybil and you are just being taken into this dream castle from elsewhere and you only know that because you need to read the store page, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, that's not in the, the text at all, and I did not read the store page. But you know what? I did find her name from the accessibility option. Oh, we're going right into the sole accessibility option? <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I thought of it, and it's too good. Uh, the sole accessibility option of give Sybil pants. Not only is it a tick box to enable pants, but... It doesn't even give you the pants right away. You then have to go to the costume tab and then enable it that way. You need to doubly opt in. Oh, that explains why the pants never appeared when I opted it in. There's some discussion pages on the community hub about like, hey, where, where are the pants though? <laughs> uh, I'm of two minds about this inclusion. I don't know about you. I mean, I think it's a hilarious thing to be your only accessibility option. That's the thing is that like, I'm all for, you know, like accessibility should be treated like as an important thing, like people with different like motor uh, capabilities, uh, different like you know, levels of competence at games in general, just like tweaks here and there are always just like a value add. But man, is it a funny joke to be basically just like enable the Christian Minecraft server version of the game <laughs> so you can show so you can show your grandma without having to explain what a furry is. <laughs> Yeah. In, in case you have not seen screenshots of this game. Uh, yeah, no, um, Sybil's a 10 out of 10 smoke show on uh, DeviantArt. Thighs, th that are um, distracting, so the pants are a must if you want to do anything other than save screenshots. Eric, there's only like five polygons. Four more than I need. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess distracting from what meager story there is. It is a distraction. Yeah, Tybal em emerges from that mirror. Um, that's pretty much all you get at first. Like, there's NPCs that 
say some cryptic things that sound vaguely story related but then like never actually really relate to anything it's mostly just bemoaning their current situation of being in a dungeon or princess is weird or this is the theater get out yeah there's some books in the library that are just very basic like it's a book about a princess in a castle or it's a book about a restaurant that's not doing well Honestly, there was so little there that I was trying to glean meaning from the library books. I was like, what does it mean? Yeah, me too. It was just like a vague allusion to other stories, other games, but it was just, it was vague enough that I don't think it was explicit references other than like, uh, oh, it's a book about plays, all the word world's a stage, which is just, I'm pretty sure a uh, Shakespeare quote. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of NPCs that just say weird random things. Like the guy who says he's going to kill again? Yeah, um, this is all very, like, in, in all of its aesthetics, very much a dream zone. If Even if you didn't read the, uh, the store page, it's pretty clear, like, just from the ambience, the music, and uh, I don't know, maybe because I was already primed, but I really just got the sense of, like, things being, like, abstract in, a, in that way, which is, also comes from its very minimalist aesthetic design of, Low polygons, uh, low resolution in the textures, very sparsely decorated rooms, and not a lot of representational geometry. It's here and there, but mostly you're dealing with floating cubes and walls. It's very Mario 64 in that way. I mean, it, I think it's even more abstract than Mario 64. Like, at least there you can get like, oh, this is a mansion, there's a hill, trees and grass. That, that's true. Although it did also just have floating platforms in a lot of stages. Yeah. That sometimes had grass on them, but I, I get what you're saying. Very little feels like it should actually be there. Focuses less on creating a cogent and coherent area so much as providing fun level geometry to just traverse with your uh, rucksack of various abilities. Yeah. And also because this was essentially like already started as a game jam game and like they they didn't completely from the ground up rebuild it so much as just tack on a bunch of things to make it a bit more of a uh, chunky, a bit more value for the admittedly uh, low cost of, I think it's like seven and a half bucks Canadian. So, you know, whatever that is in real money. You have to say all of the prices in Norwegian kroner. I think that's the rules. <laughs> Okay, going forward, you can do the calculations <laughs> and get back to me, please. No, it's it's a thing that Loading Ready Run does on Checkpoint. Uh, I have no idea why they started doing that, but... We, we can't just steal someone else's bit. Yeah. Even more than I probably already do, just subconsciously. Yeah, so like the only consistent thing going on in the story is references to the, this princess. Yes. It's like, oh, the princess liked this place. I don't know. The The essence of the princess is trapped in this tower. And your main goal is to get to the tower and get the five big keys that unlock the princess's room, essentially, who functions as your final boss. Quick combat encounter with her, and then you get your ending, which, Tom, seeing as you've engaged with it more recently, uh, do you recall what that is? <laughs> it's just like, she's waking up, and she's like, oh... I guess I have to wake up at some point. I have to go back to the real world. Uh, but I'll try to remember you. I think I think there's something about getting into photography. Yeah. I, I... I'm, I'm just going to assume 
maybe uh, something personal to the creator or some reference I don't get. Uh, I don't know. Again, like it's this isn't what it's there for. And like uh, after that, those bits of dialogue after the pure white, it basically just immediately transitions to the uh, title screen again. No yeah. credits because there's I think just the one developer. It's just, uh, okay, you're back. And if you reload your save, you're right outside the uh, princess's room to, I don't know, go for 100% if you want or just fly around the levels because it's still fun. Yeah, I had to look up to see if there was a true ending that made more sense. There is not. That's it. Nope, 100% gets you nothing. Uh, I think the photography reference is, I guess, to me, that meant, hey, this is a like contemporary young adult. Oh, yeah. Rather than, I don't know, like someone that would make sense in a castle. Yeah, everything yeah. in the castle is very medieval era style uh, timeline. So That said, technically, people could be in, in into photography hundreds of years ago at this point. Oh, you mean uh, daguerreotypes? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That's my new headcanon is that just way into daguerreotypes and... <laughs> yeah still lives in a castle everything else is definitely canon <laughs> including the little goat men yeah yeah no that's all it for the story basically uh again yeah just kind of getting that out of the way when we get into the real meat and potatoes that's also pretty much it for the combat like there is a regular enemy that is presented as a boss within the first like 15 minutes kind of thing and then occasionally they'll trap you in a room and make you fight the enemies and then free you but combat is not really a focus in this game no you have a standard three hit combo with your sword which you hold by one of the like side bits of the hilt to have like a cool like a little side grip there yeah kind of like a tonfa and yeah you got your standard three hit combo and you eventually get a charged attack i think that's it uh theoretically your slide can act as a dodge but there's no iframes it's just you know, be quick, but for the most part, you hit enemies, enemies build up magic, spend magic to heal. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that first that first boss encounter, in quotes, uh, also kind of puts in stark relief the lack of uh, focus on it, because I don't know about you, but I found that the hitboxes of the, of the enemy just would always whiff if I was close to him. Like I wouldn't ha wouldn't try to dodge away because I get hit every time, even though it seemed like way outside the uh, active frames of his weapon. But if I'm close up, I assume that oh yeah, no, just whatever hurt boxes is extends out from him and just would whiff. Yeah, I felt like the hurt boxes were a little off. I think I don't know if it's just that it in comparison to an enemy, I felt like I didn't actually know where. The character was which is funny because in comparison to the terrain that's essential to the game yeah yeah but like i i felt like i was running into enemies when i thought i wasn't close to them yet you do have a pretty long arc of your own attack but yeah i think i also kind of ran into them myself i'm trying to remember just it's you very rarely actually have to fight anything in your way, and at a certain point, enemies also just become part of the platforming. You get an ability where when you hit an enemy or any object midair, you get like a double jump, essentially, yeah. to continue chaining. But 
yeah, combat is loose in a way that thankfully you don't have to do it much, but when you, you are forced to, into it, it's kind of just a thing to get through and, and you know, keep attacking to get the healing up. That that old chestnut is still good here. There's a thing that gets kind of underused in that enemies can knock your sword away. Right. And then you can't attack, obviously, because you don't have your sword, but you also can't heal without the sword. Yeah, yeah. If, if you get a, like a solid hit or after a couple of hits, you'll get knocked down and your sword goes flying somewhere else. Generally speaking, you could always just rush back to it during your uh, the invincibility flashing from getting hit. So but The other thing is you can throw your sword your, yourself. I kept expecting that to be doing something at some point. I don't think it does anything. I It maybe helps you with dark rooms. Maybe maybe but i don't know you don't need to explore dark rooms until you get the light up everything ability as far as i'm aware well i mean the, like to throw your light to a, a, a distant platform i i guess i never found a location that that would be useful i i don't know i tried it in a couple places that it i don't think it really helped but segueing into the traversal abilities which is really where this game shines yeah yeah right? Um, you get a lot of stuff in this yeah we start out with basically nothing and i i don't know the platforming in the beginning was a little weird uh there's one particular point where i'm pretty sure you have to jump on like these tiny cages yeah to get up and it they're small enough that i kept falling off as i'm trying to like go up and it felt like i'm sequence breaking but for the life of me i couldn't find another way forward it's right outside the locked door yeah, I had the same problem. Technically, at that point, you can do a se semi-hidden uh, speed tech trick that speedrunners obviously use, but is part of the game, where, like Mario 64, you have a side flip. When you try and, like, 180, you start to skid, and during that, you can then do a larger jump. Hmm. Uh, it's very small, but if you do, like, a little flick, you can do that side hop forwards, and it also scales on your speed and momentum. So if you slide, cancel that into skidding, you can then jump so much higher and then just, instead of platforming up those cages, just go right to where the uh, like the higher up ledge is directly. Not sure I even ever noticed that particular jumping technique. Uh, yeah, if I hadn't seen it like before, like I'd seen people playing this game before I suggested us do it, I saw that they were experimenting with it. And yeah, without knowing that you need to actually like dash into it there's basically no point in the game where it's useful <laughs> but you know you can do a lot of sequence breaking once you do like the perfect ultra hop but anyway um i kind of also just jumped forward a bit and said yeah there's a sl the slide which <laughs> gets under places and also speeds you up uh you eventually get an extension of that where you can jump out of a slide without doing any fancy stuff to long jump yeah one of the main things is the sun greaves, which allows you to wall kick three times. Yeah, the wall kicks was a little awkward, I found. I, they, they were awkward in a, in a way I really liked, because you can kind of do weird things like when you wall kick in the air, it shunts your momentum in that direction. So you can, if you get the exact right timing, climb the same wall a little bit or go back and try and like ledge grab. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I always think it felt like I was trying to use them to reach something and then 
managing to kick off of the the edge that I really wanted to be grabbing. Oh yeah, that happened to me a lot, as well as I think I kept trying to sequence break a little bit. Like there are places where you're not supposed to use them, but you can get just close enough that you think it's possible to jump between walls that you're really supposed to uh, use a later ability, the wall run ring or cling ring instead. But uh, no, just use the cling ring later. It's fine. Don't do what we both did, which is forget <laughs> about the the tower you can climb. Look, I, I didn't forget about the tower. I just apparently am really bad at finding paths. And it was like, this obviously broken pillar must be the way I have to start this and not the one covered in blue vines that have been indicating, hey, go here the entire time. Yeah, uh, I just completely forgot that that was a place I should come back to. And I really think it's not the game's fault because it tells you explicitly, oh, you need the three sun items in order to scale this. And there are, in fact, three items that have like solar or sun in their name. I just needed to remember that and I didn't. So mea culpa. Finishing out the list, there's uh, the combination ground pound high jump which both breaks things below you and lets you jump a little higher. It also allows you to do like a little backflip in the air if you cancel the ground pound. Yes. I found it impossible to use, but if you, you know, change your direction really quickly, you can theoretically gain just that little bit extra height with it in certain places. But again, never required. I found it impossible to use intentionally and very possible to use accidentally all the time. And the timing for getting the like bonus hop is actually very generous. It's just I would I would always be a little too quick on the uh, on the trigger there. Yeah, it's press the trigger and then if you press jump before you hit the ground, then you will do the back hop. And what's in, especially insidious is that the button you press to do the ground pound is also your slide into like long jump which is the fastest way to get around so by getting the order wrong and by jumping and trying to slide i would ground pound instead of sliding and jumping <laughs> to go forward somehow i never really had that problem yeah i think i think both halves of my brain were working uh, against each other <laughs> i don't know like it's not like it happened all the time it's just you know a little funny thing i noticed that's fair um so there's the light which is boring it's a light it lights up the dark spot. It doesn't even light up the dark spot enough for me. I found it fine. I don't know. I was playing on a very sunny day with a lot of glare. And I was mm. just like, this went from impossible to still pretty damn difficult to see. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, like I, I, I don't know. I was already just kind of going through just navigating along the wall anyway, so... Like a, like a real labyrinth. Keep your keep one hand on one one side, and you'll never get lost or something. Although, yeah. this game has enough verticality that that really doesn't work. But uh, we talked about the bouncing off of enemies or things already. Yep. And then the uh, wall run cling ring. Yeah, and then I think there's just like a projectile you get from your um, charge attack at some point, which is really just used a couple of times to activate a switch from far away oh and there is actually the charged attack itself right which gets used i don't know three four times total uh to break a special wall yep it's pretty minor pretty minor but also given the scale of the game as it is like uh i think it took me at least like five hours to beat it yeah it took me about six even getting lost and forgetting about the tower that one time yeah <laughs> yeah i got very lost at some point yeah like that's 
because the castle is so sparse and also like just arranged like the three-dimensional layouts kind of make it very easy to kind of lose track and like making it difficult to keep a mental map of the space because there's no in-game map so about the in-game map oh because i read the messages on steam from the developer after finishing the game oh no and i don't know if this message was actually out while you were playing it but if you switch to the beta which they tell you the password to the the beta in the developer message uh there is a map i have not actually tried it out huh weird that's only in the beta, or yeah i guess like there there that might be a later um uh, update to the game which if it is kudos to them but uh i don't know it wasn't so big a deal that I like it stymied my progress really. I just need to remember that one the one big tower. Running around without knowing where you're going does get old a little bit. Yeah. I do feel like somewhat uh ameliorated by the fact that I found that getting around was still fun, but you know, doing the same lines over and over and over again. I'm I'm not speedrunning this game, so it only really bothered me in the underlayer right where it's ever everything's dark yeah where everything's dark it really hurts the distinctiveness of rooms i i actually had more trouble in the main castle where every, like every different hallway would sometimes lead back to the same room but from a different zone and i found that that one was the least distinct that's fair just geographically for lack of a better word but i can see what you mean but the what I found in the underbelly, the underground area, was that it was more like a lot of just straight paths for a while with really only one or two hub areas. I mean, in particular, its major key was just like in a random room that you had to remember existed. Yeah, I went to I went there a couple of times first because I didn't have the um, the cling ring. And then again, because I didn't have the projectile, I kept trying to like that our ability to throw our weapon tried to make a, like a really long distance throw and it just nowhere close but like couldn't help but feel like maybe i'm missing something and i can do it like some secret throw tech because it hasn't been relevant yet and well i guess it never really is yeah i had forgotten that a room existed from the time that i got the bounce to the very end of the game it was the last key i got yeah yeah i think it's the one of the last keys you're supposed to get in normal progression anyway but in addition to all that, there is one non-ability, but every so often there will be these bubbles, which is like more of a terrain thing you can interact with, where when you jump midair, you can like dash really far forward through the air. It goes away on landing, but otherwise you can like wall run, climb up poles, try and like keep it going a little bit. Every time it was used, I thought it fit really nicely into the sequencing of uh, platforming challenges, like... That wall run, jump, bounce off an enemy, kick, kick, you know, all that good stuff. It feels good to get right and feels and flows naturally. Yeah, it is kind of interesting in that it takes, I mean, the things that it takes away are being able to do the wall kicks. Yeah. I don't know. I, in the situations where you're using it, you're not going to miss the wall kicks. They're situated in a, like, oh, this is a like part of a platforming puzzle, essentially. Do, do the things that 
the level expects you to do and it's going to be cool the cling ring also allows for essentially infinite height if you find a corner because you can just keep re-grabbing the wall without issue the wall kicks uh, you're limited to three or four if you get an optional upgrade we should talk about oh yeah the optional upgrades that must be the one that i left undone because i couldn't figure out where the last silver key was yeah it's it's it is hidden in the underbelly i'm pretty sure is the one you missed yeah <laughs> underbelly um that thing is also in the underbelly i believe oh okay maybe i had more than one missing because i knew of a key door in the theater that i didn't have a key for it's, it's been a while since i actually played maybe i just forgot exactly yeah so the, the optional upgrades they're weirdly a lot of them are kind of combat related right like there's the one that lets you uh, walk a little while healing there's one that lets you store more energy i guess that's not strictly combat related the store more energy and the obviously getting more life pips theoretically are good for combat but also just hey if you're failing a jump and falling into a like a damage pit good for that too good for getting your uh, magic back to tr get more tries yeah there's some costumes i think there's really just the one called the professional and the other two are just whether or not you want to see the greaves and or cling ring on sybil yeah or the pants big pants don't forget <laughs> to enable pants pants are optional but are they <laughs> beyond that there is uh was that everything? I, that's all I can think of. Uh, there's one that gets you another magic pip, but whatever. Yeah, we've t we talked about that one. There's one that also get, you know, gets you, like, you charge up power faster from hitting things. Oh, okay. That's what I thought you were talking about, but regardless. No, no, I was talking about the, like, having another pip's worth of storage. And it's only one, and it makes, like, the UI look kind of weird, where you have, like, your three main bars, and there's just, like, this weird rectangle off to the side. Yeah, this isn't Hollow Knight. I mean, it had the, the little balls off to the side, but at least they felt like they made sense. I really don't think we can compare this to Hollow Knight, really. <laughs> I think that's a little unfair. That's fair. I, I love when you sit, reply, that's fair to that's unfair. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. It's fair that you think it's unfair. Sure. Anyway, um, but yeah, those are the main rewards for like go going out of your way and finding like uh, the little extra hidden rooms and whatnot. I I was way better at finding those optionals than I was at finding what I'm actually supposed to do, which was not a great state to be in, I guess. But yeah, it's fine as long as you get something out of it. But I I do feel like. Um, especially getting the thing that's like, oh, you can move while healing. I I don't think that was just like useful enough. Yeah, it was like, oh, this will be great for when I have that boss encounter. I'd, yeah, tumbleweeds. You have one boss encounter and it's like the movement doesn't really get you out of danger. It's really just, you know, just stand there and take it. And as long as you ring the bell enough, because you can actually like when you are healing, if you just hold the button, you charge basically like all of your health. The longer you hold it, the more you heal, which was cool. I think you can also get screwed over by that by getting hit too hard that you lose your sword during it and you might lose magic, but I don't know, it never happened to me. Mm, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't come up very often. Regardless, I, I do feel like the actual controls of this game are strong enough on their own to warrant playing it. Yeah. <laughs> like there's just a, like a, a lot of actual traversable material like it's five hours but it's like five hours of non-stop basically platforming you know in navigation you know uh, climbing all that good stuff 
I had a great time. I yeah, I don't know. I had a pretty good time with it. Um some of the places where I felt like it was being unfair, it turned out that I was sequence breaking. Yeah, that I had that too, or I didn't I should have had the cling ring. I definitely got the bounce off enemies things after I should have. And I definitely got myself into trouble and almost couldn't get back out, but it, it ended up fine. In particular, the getting the that major key in the keep has a bit of a gauntlet and i was like man this is a long gauntlet to make me go through and hard to make me go through without giving me uh, a way to like exit back out to a save point uh and then i got the cling ring and then it all made sense and i was like oh this was supposed to be pretty easy <laughs> and not like hey do this hard challenge and then this other hard challenge and then this other hard challenge just trying to replace the cling ring with the the wall kicks i i think it was also right after i got the wall kicks that i was trying to do this where it was like man these wall kicks are really hard to use this is challenging and then getting to the next stage of it and being like oh man you don't even give me the like being able to go back to the save i have to do even more of this turns out no no all these were supposed to be easy challenges with the cling ring yeah yeah like i can see if like more clear signposting of what you need for a challenge but i don't know i as long as you can get back it's really just an annoying sense of there's a lot of challenges in a row and you, while you can fuddle your way past some trying to having to backtrack kind of sucks there's a couple of places where it's like you can get halfway up it and then you'll just encounter something that you can't figure out. And it's like, so wait, am I just not doing the right things? Like, I don't understand all of my capabilities properly? Or am I actually stuck and need a new ability? Yeah, is it a, oh, it's kind of janky like the earlier, like, cage climbing? Or is there just something else in the world I just don't know I can get right now? So, yeah, I, I get it, but... Overall, I think the experience is quite actually like well polished for just the base mechanics. Quite good. I don't recall any like glitches on my playthrough, at least. I don't think I noticed anything that was a, an actual glitch. It took me a while to wrap my head around the uh, wall kicks. I kept wanting to uh, wall kick at the very last moment, which is not how you're supposed to be using them. Yeah, no, because yeah, you want to wall kick early so that it ends uh before you actually get the ricochet so you can climb on the ledge just a tip for anyone who checks out the game and sees if it's up their alley because even though we've mostly spoiled basically the whole game really <laughs> it's the playing that is beyond like you can't just watch it you, you really should put your hands on it and it's cheap to boot but regardless of anything else how does it stack up like taking out of the context of cheap game, new indie, whatever, what is its base value when measured against our stack rank? Uh, oh, geez. Yeah. This is, this is uh, I don't know, putting like a game that so narrowly does one thing. But really well. Yeah, it's a, it's a challenge to figure out where to put that. Yeah, like I can go first if you uh, still need some time to uh, ruminate. If you want to go ahead. I've had some time to uh, chew on it. And I think I'm looking at Rusted Moss, a game which I feel like had a lot more substance to it. 
but still like sits just above Aquaria, which is just too janky to play. So like it's around that area of where pseudo regalia is very good at what it does. It's narrow focus kind of still left me a little, you know, I, I wanted more, but not like an extension of the game, just a more fleshed out environment, really. It's very good to play, but I do think Rusted Moss still kind of edges it out for its novelty and uh, more things to chew on to keep. Man, between sandwiches and just chewing, apparently I'm just hungry. So <laughs> Hungry across multiple weeks. Yeah, so Pseudo Regalia is now my number 18 above Aquaria and under Rusted Moss. Uh, I don't know. This is very confusing uh, trying <laughs> to put it somewhere because like, I don't know, I, I liked the act of playing it but also felt like it was missing a lot of the things that I normally like. I mean, for me, Rusted Moss is much higher. I definitely liked Rusted Moss better. I don't know. It feels like a weird thing to put up in front of anything here. <laughs> Even Brain Breaker? Oh, man. I, I mean, no, but <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's weirdly low and weirdly high at the same time. I don't know. I think I'm going to go for after... Deedlid and Wonderland, which puts it at the new number 13. But this is so arbitrary. I could have also put it at the new number 18, just above Legacy of the Wizard, I think. There's like a chunk where like you can make the argument and be satisfied, but now that you're on the spot, like ask you again in a half an hour. Yeah. No, no, that's fair. Much higher than me. One of the weird things that I encountered was I felt like I hit almost every area of the game within the first like 30 minutes or so okay i think i didn't reach the underbelly until later but i was like oh god there's so many areas that it is giving me access to please just give me a sign that one of them is where i'm supposed to be going it, it helps that you're you're gonna find the library really early and that's just sequestered away from everything else it doesn't lead to any other zone which is nice but then yeah it opens up very widely and because you can't really without the beta branch mapping this thing is tough and that's kind of why i rank it a little bit lower just from the maze aspect of it making it more frictive than i'd prefer i don't know i maybe should have just pursued the library immediately when i unlocked it which was immediately without having gotten anything past the slide yeah right out of the tutorial-ish area you can go right to it but obviously you don't know where you need to go and i think i just got lucky and picked the right paths oh i mean i was just like what's is, which is the most straightforward seeming path the one where it puts a door right in front of me with no puzzles in between i'm just gonna go through that one and then that one had a, a door to another place it's like ah no <laughs> Well, don't worry, you've escaped the labyrinth hell for now and are about <laughs> to plunge us into another one. Hey, Tom, what are we playing next month? Next month, we're going to play Gato Roboto. Oh, I've heard of this one. Fairly recent, last couple of years? Uh, I mean, it's 2019, I believe. Recency is relative. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Okay, but no, I heard this was a, a fun, short little game. Should be a good time. I like robots. But uh, speaking of bots, please don't become one and fill up our socials. <laughs> if you pledge your allegiance uh, and swear not to, you can find them at uh, gmail.com, the inverted castle podcast at gmail.com.
on Twitter slash X at Inverted Castle P. Never forget the P. Elsewhere, you could basically just search for Inverted Castle, Inverted Castle Podcast, I'm like Mastodon or what have you. Yep. Google it. Pretty sure you'll find it. No problem. If you want to leave us a review, it has to be an iambic pentameter. Do it wherever <laughs> you find good podcasts and ours. But beyond that, I think that's it for us. I've been Eric Fox. I've been Thomas Blight. And remember, kids, shirts and shoes may be required for service, but pants are optional. <laughs>